0: The last time this season, what's up? How's it going? And welcome in to talk and flock, a full mingo podcast. And here is where we talk about everything forward Madison FC. We being myself, Jeremy Rushing, alongside Madison 365, 365's Rob Chapel. Rob, it's the last uh, episode of the season, but I'm I feel like yeah. I, you know it sounds like I haven't done this before. I'm just my words are fumbling. <laughs> I don't know why. Maybe I'm just it sad over like- already in off season form.
1: Yeah. It seems like just yesterday we had Carl Craig on here to launch this whole thing.
0: Yes. And, and now we, we have got him back. back tonight. Yeah. So uh, I'm. we know you want to hear from him. So we're going to keep our segment very, very brief. Uh, yeah. But yeah, really good. Almost hour chat with Carl Craig to get to uh, a little bit later so on good. the show. So good. Really, years. really good. I mean, that's what you expect from Carl. Very honest, yeah. very thorough, very funny. Mm-hmm. Uh listener discretion advised i'll, I'll give you that <laughs> he did is i think he's the first podcast guest i've heard beep
1: himself yeah so you'll enjoy that.
0: well he he had already said a few <laughs> things and then he's uh-huh. like well i don't know i don't know what i should say i'm like carl we're, we're we're past censorship at this point like let's yeah. you know just just let him fly at this point but anyways uh so uh really really fun entertaining conversation in insightful conversation with carl Ah, uh, we ask him the questions you you have in your mind, um, yep. and uh, it was. It was <laughs> uh, we will get to that here, honestly, in just a few minutes. We're going to do a really, really brief recap, but before we do that, if you have not subscribed to the podcast, please do now. Subscribing is going to be even more important now than it has mm-hmm. been because we're not going to be dropping new episodes every week. Now that we're into the off season, we'll have maybe a few off season special type episodes um Mm -hmm. and those are not going to be dropped on a on a rhythm on a cadence so you're going to need to be subscribed to know when we're dropping that content um in the off season also leave us a rating and review if you could uh what you thought of the first season of talk and flock if you do have an apple device also follow us on twitter at talk and flock that's where you can communicate with us in the meantime uh but rob for the last time we have a game here to recap and it was a uh it was a really, really, I mean, it's that's the best way for Madison could have gone to the offseason. Yeah, it was obviously, a fun one. Yep. Mm-hmm. You want to be in the playoffs, obviously. You want to have that shot to play for the you know the whole kit and caboodle here, but um it, it's it's if you can't have that to go out on that high note beating Chattanooga at home, that's that's about as good as you can ask for.
1: Yeah, and it was done with a lot of um, it was a really entertaining end-to-end game. And to me, the key to the game was the tandem of Aaron Malloy and Christian Enriquez in the midfield. I think the two of them were outstanding together and, and really just you know, you play chess, you want to command the center of the board, right? In this game, mm-hmm. you got to command the center of the field. And those two did that for ninety minutes, and it was really impressive to watch. Um, and Christian Enriquez actually got his first professional goal. Yes, well
0: deserved too. I mean, we uh, talked about the season he's had and the impact he's had. Yeah. And the fact that he's able to kind of get get his get his dividend there by getting yep. a goal was fantastic. Yeah, and it was
1: and, and it was one of those that's a it's a goal in in any league. It was a free kick. Derek Ebhard earned the foul. Uh, everybody in the stadium knew Aaron Malloy was going to step up and take it. Aaron Malloy took a step toward it. Christian jumped, stepped up and and hammered it and curled it up over the wall and into the top corner. No goalkeeper was going to get that. So you know, really great moment for him. Uh, Aaron Malloy after the game told me like you know he, he was better this week in practice, so I had to let him take it. And good thing <laughs> that he did. Um, and then and then uh, you know doubled the lead in the second half. Well, we doubled the lead in the later in the first half. It was ruled offside. I don't think it was offside, but no, we'll no, let that no. go. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, yeah, Serenkowski scored one, uh, which was not offside, but was ruled offside. Whatever. We're so, counting it. We're counting the goal. we it. Second half though, um, really good build up. Uh, Audie Jepsen gets a cross in. Uh, Sirikoski, no, was it was Sierkowski or Trimingham? Trimingham. Trimingham had the shot right on truck on the goalkeeper. It bounces up in the air. Uh, J- Jason Ramos tries to clear it off the line, hits, hits uh, his own guy right in the chest, and it goes in for an own goal. But it was one of those things where you know, yes, an own goal, but it may have. St- spun in anyway, you know, just the way the, the way the rebound went up in the air and yep. it's, you know, you put a ball in a dangerous spot, you, you have a good buildup that gets a defense on its heels and unorganized, you know, stuff happens like that. And that's, so it's a, the fact that it's an own goal to take away from the fact that was that Madison earned it. Right.
0: Yes. And we talked about this being a high note going out on a high note, but in, yeah. in kind of vintage Ford Madison fashion, at least this season, uh, we, we got to hold our breath. Oh, my gosh, uh, for the last few minutes. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah. My goodness. They did get one, Chattanooga did get one back. Uh, Ray Ortiz, uh, had a a, a cross that accidentally went in. I'm I'm convinced that's what it, it wasn't a shot. I'm convinced that was a cross that accidentally went in, but it counts. <laughs> uh, and then, um, they you know, Chattanooga has a corner at the very end, five minutes into stoppage time. You got a corner via. via Lobos gets ahead to it and Brino is right there and makes the save of his life. And then Rarities you know, had a header on a rebound, but it went just wide. And it was a and then that was the last touch of the game. It was it was immediately that was the final whistle and big sigh of relief. Aaron Malloy puts his biceps up, which some Chattanooga players took exception to. <laughs> and there was a little difference of opinion for a second there uh but it was a really nice moment for Madison for the the you know Connor Tobin had his victory beer and then he had another one yeah uh, it says you know why not um but the the guys were were really gracious with the with the fans as they always are there was trick or treating after the game kids the guys were handing out candy for kids and Connor Tobin uh we talked a little bit about this with Carl but Connor Tobin uh you know did his thing with the flock end and then walked to the center of the field and covered his face with his Jersey and went into a long embrace with Carl Craig and with Neil. Uh, And you wonder if that's the last we've seen of Carl uh, Connor Tobin on the pitch and what a momentous career that would be if that is the end of it. But we don't know that. We don't know any, I don't know anything. Mm -hmm. It's just that he acted like that. And, and, you know, in that moment at the end of the season, you're physically drained, you're going to be a little bit emotional no matter what, but uh, wouldn't, it's going to be a, it's going to be a conversation if he's going to whether he's going to come back or not, and if he does, great, and if he doesn't, uh, he's earned every minute of his retirement.
0: I think there is comfort in knowing for Connor that he has sort of really solidified himself in the Madison community. I mean, even more so, <laughs> he's legacy with the the role he's taken with yeah. the club. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So if he's if he's still playing. I'd say there's a 50 50 shot. It's with Madison. He could go somewhere else and then come back. But if he's mm-hmm. retiring, I think there is a good, uh, more than good chance that it's going to be he sticks around Madison, maybe stays at the front office, stays in the community. Yeah. Again, yeah. this is all, you know, we're all just kind of guessing at this point. You know, obviously there's going to be a lot of thought put in on his, uh, on his part in terms of what his future looks like, whether he wants to come back. Um, I think he showed the season that he has the quality. So, I come back for another season yeah. or two if so chooses. But at at, at at that at this juncture, it's all about what he wants to do.
1: Yep, he'll and. be thirty-five at the beginning of next season. Um, yeah. He he played one whole month in two thousand nineteen. He played a whole month with a torn rotator cuff. You know, it, it, your body only lasts so long. And but but like mm-hmm. I say, he's I don't think he's lost a step. I think his quality yeah. in on the field was as good as ever down the stretch here. So, uh, you know, good good on him either way
0: yeah and carl does provide a little bit of context to mm-hmm. what the emotions are like after a season like this you know it's it's a really yeah just just look for look out for that section of the interview with carl um yeah. shout out to emiliano Terzaghi. uh he gets the golden boot with 18 goals yep uh nuhu wins golden glove with a 0.75 goals against average. Wow. Yeah. Um, pretty yeah. pretty good. Uh, um, by the way,
1: with only 44 saves on the season, Akira Fitzgerald uh, had the most saves with 88. So double that, which tells you how good Omaha's defense is.
0: Yeah. Yes, absolutely. 88 saves is ridiculous. I mean, but yeah. Anyways, um, yeah, that's kind of how things shook out in terms of kind of the regular season awards for, mm-hmm. for USL League One. And now we get playoffs. It's it's sort of a you know a blessing and a curse, I guess, that Ford Madison is not a part of it because it would be great at the minute. But now you can watch with the comfort of you know not having to pull your hair out and uh, you know lose sleep over the fact that your team is right. in the playoffs. You can kind of watch. Right, we can be neutrals that, uh, and just enjoy these matches. Yeah, and watch with that neutral, comforting look at the look at the yeah. matches. And there's going to be some good ones. I mean, as we mentioned, I think Carl, so. They're this this league this season. I mean, there's a reason why it was so competitive. There's a reason mm-hmm. why it was also jumbled near the top. Is because it's just a lot of good teams, a lot of stalemates this season yeah. on the field in the regular season. Um, so mm-hmm. and, and in the playoffs, I mean, this, some of these these matches could go either way. I mean, yes, Omaha and Chattanooga look look really good in the regular season, and they had definitely the most consistency of any teams in the league. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. you've seen what North Texas can do. You've seen what Richmond can do. You've seen what Tucson can do. I mean, yeah, I'm probably seen. gonna pick. I'm probably gonna pick Omaha, just because the, the the amount of goals they can score. But it would not surprise me if any of these teams went on a run. Yeah. The whole. Well, by the way,
1: Madison has some say over this because uh, us beating Chattanooga dropped them from second to third. Mm-hmm. So they go from having a body- to having to host North Texas this weekend. So North Texas at Chattanooga on Saturday, and then the late game, uh, Tucson hosts Richmond. And then whoever's the lowest remaining seed then goes to Omaha. And then the other winner goes to Greenville. And then the final is on November 20th. Th- just looking at the form right now, I, I-, I tweeted this out. I'm going to go on a limb and say, Greenville is going to win this. Just looking at the form in the last couple of weeks. Um, you know, Chattanooga goes out on a loss. Omaha is not convincing in its last couple of games. Uh, I mean, Omaha loses to Madison, first of all, and, and you know, it does not look super uh, dominant in these past couple of weeks. So I wouldn't be shocked if uh, Greenville comes out on top of this of this uh, pile. But it, but like you say, it could be anybody.
0: Yeah, it's it's wide open, which makes it a lot of fun. Um, so yeah. these next couple of weeks are going to be fun to watch, even though our, our beloved Mingos are not going to be part of it. All right, we will get to our interview with Carl in just a minute. Right before that, though, let's do our shout-outs. I will go first. The aforementioned Aaron Malloy. Mm -hmm. um, It can't be understated the amount of impact he's had on this team. This is kind of a double shout-out because I think he and Jiro are almost equal for team MVP, in my opinion. I think if you're looking at the V, the valuable portion of that, because that's like when people talk about MVP, they're talking, okay, who is the best player? Who is the most Mm -hmm. valuable player, right? Right. Um, how much emphasis do you put on that valuable uh word there? Um, I think Jiro showed his value to this team and the fact, you know, how we've seen we saw the play from when he was out to when he was back in. But in yeah. terms of just having the 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 consistent run of form on the field throughout mm-hmm. the season, um, it's hard to to match what Aaron Malloy did. Yeah uh, he was first in the league in passes, third in chances created um you know he usl league one player of the week multiple times he was on the 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 you know the the week 11 or whatever you want to call it uh the team of the week there you go Uh, he was on there countless times yeah. i mean just the consistency he showed this season and the range he showed the season of what he could do is uh just awe-inspiring honestly yeah
1: my first shout out is to another aforementioned guy, Christian Enriquez. Uh I, I saw that he tweeted after the match that it was his first professional goal and I had completely forgotten that this is his first professional season. Like that's the yeah. impact he's had, right? And and the, the quality that he's shown. Um was so impressive and just and just got better and better. And like I said, he was just a completely it was a different midfield when he was in it versus when he wasn't. Uh and um I, I think I, th- I see big big good things happening for him uh in the future.
0: Absolutely. Um Ryan Sirikowski is my second shout out. Uh just like uh, he comes in I mean, August 20th, i think was the date he signed. I think i looked up the article before we uh before we went on the air. So that's what 10 weeks 10 like 11 that, yeah. weeks. Yeah. Tied for first on the team in goals, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> yeah, probably is if if that if that on if that goal is not called offside against Chattanooga, he leads the team He's in a, goals in yeah. ten weeks yep. on the team. Yep, insane. The the what he brought to this offense is 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 pretty pretty wild and and a really good story from Carl too in our interview about yeah. how Sirakowski was acquired. Actually, kind of a funny story. Yeah. Um, but it just, just shows that, that man, um, you know, the, the team you start with in the regular season, while it's good to have those guys there and there's something to be said about being, mm-hmm. you know, being, being there for the entire year, um, you can bring in some high impact guys in the middle of the season. Yeah. Um, and Sierkowski was the definition of that. I mean, he, 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 for my money might've been best player in the league last two months. For, just for the past fun. two months,
1: for sure. Yeah, he was creating chances and being in dangerous places. Even when he wasn't scoring, he was having an impact. Um, my second shout-out is uh, uh, Eric Leonard. I got to I gotta say Eric Leonard. And this is maybe a, a, a twofer as well. The co-most improved for me, are Eric Leonard yeah. and Phil Brino. Uh, Phil Brino, you know, uh, I, I was critical of him early in the season, but he's just grown and grown and gotten better and better and better and just more commanding of this of the box and of the club anyway but uh i gotta give the shout out to eric leonard because he comes in his his role for the past two seasons and i think for most of his career frankly has been that number six spot right the yeah. the defending midfielder the last line of defense before the back line where you're commanding the midfield uh he goes down with a concussion in the first week Aaron Molloy comes in and it's clear that Malloy is that guy right you can't take Aaron Molloy back mm-hmm. out you're not supposed to be able to lose your job to an injury it happens Um, But Aaron Molloy steps into that role, so Eric Leonard's out, he recovers, and then he goes into a completely different role, and then into another different role after the the formation change, and he took every move in stride, and he not only did adequate as a a center back and then as a right back, he excelled. He was very, very good, very, very difficult to get around. He caused all sorts of problems for uh, attackers. Uh, and and to to make that change kind of early in the season like that, and to accept the new role and to excel in it, uh, just really really impressive.
0: Yeah, uh, couldn't agree more. All right, my last shout out. It's it's super. You know, you you would expect us to talk about this as it's our last episode of the season, uh, but honestly, I I mean every word when I say everybody who listens and who has taken the time to be on this podcast this season. Um, it's, I, I can't thank y'all enough. I mean, this started as like a idea I had on my kitchen table in like late March. I don't know who my co-host was going to be. I don't know. Even if we were going to do this podcast, Rob, if you couldn't co-host this podcast with me, this podcast is not going to happen. So I really appreciate you. Um, actually, you know, taking (laughs) the time to, uh, to, to, to agreeing to do this podcast with me. Um, I I'm here in Minnesota, so I'm not local to Madison. Unfortunately, I was not able to make it out to Bree Stevens for a game this year. Really disappointed by that fact, honestly. Um, but I don't know it, it, doing this podcast allowed me to sort of get ingrained in the Ford Madison community, even though I'm five hours away. Um, really, really cool to have that opportunity. Um, really cool to tell the stories of not just the players on the field, not just Carl, but everybody who makes this team go right the 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 noah canlesses the the benny delgados the cassidy subniskis like all of them like amazing amazing people amazing amazing stories obviously just just really really good at what they do uh, it shows um just i don't know i i can't thank all of you enough who listen and who have taken the time to join us cuz this is this has been fun a lot
1: of huge huge shout out huge shout out to you jeremy for for this uh, for having this idea and shout out to kuba for connecting us for for I I, I asked
0: kuba if you wanted to be my co-host and he's like no but i know (laughs) this guy rob and i was like okay
1: (laughs) (laughs) thanks kuba uh my, but my, my, my final shout-out is also uh, podcast-related. And not only I echo everything you said, but but to have all the, everybody from the front office and Benny and Cassidy, but also Kyle and Andrew and all that, that yes. and Francesca, The sort of the fan representation, the supporter representation on here has been really, really meaningful to me. Uh, but also i got to give a shout-out to our brothers in arms over there at Forwards Backwards, um, yes. Keith Absolutely. and Dan and Kyle uh, and their whole crew because uh, it's not easy to do this in the season that's not going well. Right mm-hmm. to 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 figure out. Okay, so we just we just had another one one draw. How are we going to do this again? <laughs> you know, and yeah. so what are we going to talk about? Who are we going to talk to? How are we going to keep this positive? How are we going to keep our supporters and, and the, the 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 Ford Madison family like engaged in this? And so I know it's not easy, and, and they've been doing it for a year longer than we have, and they keep keep at it, and they put out a hell of a good show. Uh, if you if you're listening to us, you should listen to them too. Uh, yeah. cause
0: you know, it's, it's, so, it's, it's a different. complimentary podcast. Yes. I want to get that yes. out there. It is 100% yep. complimentary. What you hear here and what you hear on forwards backwards are not the same thing. Uh, no. it's a completely and, different dynamic. Well, we talk about the same games. We talk about the same things, mm-hmm. but it's done in a completely different way. And mm-hmm. I mean that as the biggest possible compliment I can give those guys at forwards backwards. They, they're yep. funny as hell. They bring yes, such they. a unique perspective from the flock end. Um, there are guys who have obviously been, you know, with this team since day one. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's just, it's really cool to be able to have both of those perspectives represented with two different podcasts. And that's one thing I wanted to make sure this podcast was not a competitor to forwards backwards. That's not what I wanted to do at all. A complimentary two podcasts you could listen to back to back and not hear too much duplication from. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, on, I think, and I think and, we've done that. I think we've done that.
1: Yeah, I think so too. And I think maybe next year we'll have more weeks where you actually want to listen to like two hours worth of former Madison content. <laughs> yeah. A lot of times this yeah. year, maybe you didn't want to. You just wanted to forget it and move on to the next match. But uh but and we'll and we'll maybe
0: find a way in the off season to do
1: like a crossover episode or something like that. Mm-hmm. For sure, for fun.
0: sure. Yeah, we we'll, we have some ideas for some stuff to do in the off season. We'll drop a few things so we won't yep. leave you hanging until I don't know April or May. Uh, to get new content from us and yeah we are we're committed to doing this again next season i don't know if it's going to be the same exact way if it's but there will be there will we'll be back next season for sure it's just a matter of how and and you know every every podcast media product evolves uh for you know different reasons and so it may not be the same exact thing the same exact way uh, who knows what's you know what, what life's gonna be like for Rob and I in six months. Uh, <laughs> but uh right. but we'll uh you know this we're, we're we're committed to to putting this out there because I think the Domingo Mingo Nation, that seems too that seems too cookie cutter. Uh just yeah. the Domingo family, the flock, the the everybody who follows this team, uh you know, deserves to have outlets like this to get information and to to hear from the team yeah. themselves too. So for sure. All right, our our rambling is over. Um but of yeah. course, before we get to Carl, we need the last flamingo fun fact of the season. This is
1: this is a, this is a hopeful this is going we didn't make the playoffs, we're going to go out on a high note. Uh Madison and Tucson were the only two teams to beat both Omaha and Chattanooga. The two, which at, at one point recently I thought those were going to be the top two teams. That's why this was a relevant (laughs) stat. Okay. But the two best teams overall over the course of the season, Omaha and Chattanooga, only two teams beat them uh, both. That was Madison Tucson. The other fun fact, which you probably know, but you should be reminded of, only one team beat Union Omaha twice. And who was
0: that? Your forward Madison Flamingos. I don't know why I'm pointing to myself like I had something to do with that. Um, Yeah, forward (laughs) Madison. I'm pointing to the forward Madison team. I think I'm pointing east. I'm not sure. I think I'm pointing east. But anyways, (laughs) all right. Uh, Rob, this has been fun, man. Thank you so much. Really do appreciate it. Um, Stick around. The part of the episode you want to hear is coming up right now. Our season wrap-up interview with forward Madison head coach Carl Craig. Hope you enjoy it, and you will hear from Rob and I again very soon. Flamingo. Our guest tonight is the one, the only, the man, the myth, the legend, the head coach of Ford Madison FC, Mr. Carl Craig. Carl, how you doing? It's
2: Washington, Jeremy. Thank you. Very kind of you. Nice, nice warm welcome. <laughs> um, doing well, mate. Thanks. Thanks for having us.
0: Absolutely. It's our pleasure. We had you on the first episode. Figured might as well, you know, bookend everything and have you on the last episode of the season, too. Um, Talking about warm welcomes, you obviously had maybe, you know, some ideas coming in about, you know, the connection to the community. Um, You know, you're fit not only with Forward Madison, but you're fit with Madison itself. Mm -hmm. Um, Did that play out as expected? What was this first year like, you know, getting to know and getting involved in the community, not just the club? Uh, I think it was tough at first, not because of well, still
2: COVID when I got here. Mm-hmm. Um, still pretty much COVID restrictions Which I think kind mm-hmm. of slowed it a bit But um, In all honesty I probably didn't get out as much As I would like to have um, Way more stuff Going on than I anticipated Early days, lockdown As things are going on um, I, I would I, I would prefer I would like to do a lot more to be honest with you I think mm-hmm. I got out uh, I, got out, I certainly got out to a few events, but I would prefer and I would hope next year that I'm able to do much more. But, uh, you know, that Indigo bar was nice to meet people, but I think I would like to be out different places, different parts of the community. Um, actually, I went to, uh, was it Saris, the bicycle? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I went and met oh, those yeah, yeah. guys. Um, really, really nice people. I met those people um last week and I'm gonna go speak to the to the staff, um, share the connections between Forward Madison, what they're doing for the community and what we're trying to do, uh, you know, our part in the in the community. So so that was nice. Um but yeah, I hope to do more, but really the, the bits and bobs that I got out there were really enjoyed and uh hopefully there'll be more opportunities next year.
0: Do you get like a, a spot to go out to eat or like a restaurant? Do you specifically always went to or ordered from you know what's the kind of like your your favorite place whether it was to get food or just to go out
2: not really you know i've I've, I've just this past weekend i went to barley pop down in atwood there Mm -hmm. um i went there a couple of times me my wife and dog so i I went there that's the only place i allow the dog to go in um (laughs) (laughs) it's a little bit chilly it's you know my wife comes over for most of the home games, and brings the dog because we haven't got a dog sitter. So mm. I kind of stuck to where can we take the dog in the summer? It's not too bad because you can sit outside. <laughs> but uh, in in this cold weather, the last month or so, it's been too cold. We went there's a what is it um, Delta Bruin. Uh We went to Delta okay. Bruin a couple mm-hmm. of times. Sat outside. That was really nice. I don't know if you are aware of them pay a um, living wage to their workers. They don't take tips. Yep. Uh, but if you, if you choose to give a tip, then they'll donate the tip to some local organisation, charitable fund or, or good yeah. group of things. So that, that was really nice. Uh, been there a couple of times. Um, Koopa's Tavern, best... Uh, sure. It's got the vote of my best bar uh, right now. Mm-hmm. Been over there a few times. Just as we started to open up, Neil and I would go over there, really enjoyed going out and seeing what was happening in there. Um, but I didn't get out an awful lot, you know. At my age, being a single fella, with all this work to do, it's, it's like I want to go, and I think, well, I'm an old man. Where am I going to go? I don't know any bugger out here. Keep me head down, get on when we work, and... Uh, you know, it, it it's a stressful job, Jeremy, and, and it's important And I've got me head down and get me work done as well. Yeah. Um, it, it doesn't matter that it's Division Three um, or the third division. It doesn't matter. I've got to put, i probably got to put more work in because we don't have a massive group of people helping out. So uh, mm. I, I do me work in the morning. You know, Neil comes into the office really early. Um, and then he goes and has a life after work hours. But for me, because I'm here by myself, I just I work when I need to. I wake up at four in the morning, I get to work. Or, you know, I'll maybe just go home a little bit early and get a get a snooze because I know I'm gonna wake up at four in the morning. And that's <laughs> that typically works. So for me, it's I work when I need to. Um, when you gotta worry about other people, you get the job done during a certain amount of hours and fair uh, play, you know. So but that's the nature of the beast, really.
1: Now, you uh, you came in here with a completely um, I don't know not a completely different philosophy, but a different a different style mm-hmm. uh, and you you know, really shook up the lineup and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, given that you're your new new coach, new system, new ideas, new philosophy, yeah um, and then you saw early success, and we got some our expectations got pretty yeah. high. did we did our expectations get maybe too high for such a new system? maybe you know do we do we need to have some patience, I guess?
2: No, well, no, I mean, I think what, what we did early on was, well, we did it because I wanted to do it. What we, saw, <laughs> right. what we found was teams started to park the bus on us yeah. and uh, we maybe didn't have the tools to be able to break that down as well as we did before they knew what we were like. Mm, so sure. we found it more and more difficult whilst we had the ball and no one could get the ball from us. Um, we weren't creating enough goal-scoring opportunities, um, which is a big problem. Um, and so I they were adjust it. I think I was really pleased the way we started out. Uh, but then as it, as it got more and more challenges, teams started to kind of, if you will, suss us out. Um, mm. We weren't creating the chances or enough chances yeah. because we weren't scoring enough goals. So I think law of averages... Know, even the top scorers, it's one and five, one and eight, one and ten. We weren't even getting that, you know. So, yeah,
3: yeah.
2: um, I'm sure you've noticed we, I've as a coach, have had to adjust. Um, and we've seen an improvement, unfortunately, too little, not too little, but too late. Um, with all due respect, it was, it was somewhat, it wasn't totally enforced, it was enforced by me because it's like. Bloody hell, we're not creating enough goal-scoring chances. <laughs> Too many draws. Um, but it was somewhat Im- implicated, or we unpacked it, because of Giro's injury. And then Pato went out for a while. Yeah. Um, so it was like, we need to be more of a threat up front. And then will lose Giro, and we'll lose Pato. So it's like, okay, what do we, what do, we do? I wanted a, a second forward in there, because I think, with due respect to Jake, um, tough... He's not the biggest physical fella, Mm
3: -hmm. and with
2: big hairy ass center halves hanging all over his back, it was a (laughs) tough one for him, you know. So, um, I wanted that second striker in, and and we started to get dividends when we did it. Um, you know, and then we start moving again, and you know, I, I think the style changed, but we had to change so, um. You know, it's 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 one thing to be philosophical and say this is what I'm going to do and we're going to stick to it. That that's that's all well and good, but the reality is, it's my job to try and uh, bring wins to the football club and help entertain you guys and you know put the club at the front. If what's not working, um, of what I'm doing isn't working, or I don't think it's working, or working well enough, then I have to change it, uh, and I'm not. Mm-hmm. You know, some people say, I'm not changing what I'm doing. Bielsa might say, I'm never ever going to change what I'm going to do. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, and and he can, you know, that's his prerogative for me. I think to be flexible and to read the situation, see if things are not working, keep doing the same thing over and over again is just a definition of stupidity. Mm-hmm. So what you saw at the end was a recognition that we weren't as enough of a threat. Um, and And solutions to make us more of a threat and i think you saw that um Mm -hmm. question sorry
0: no no i I, i'd love to let you finish carl my i guess i guess you're probably about to answer the question i was about to Mm -hmm. ask is you know i mean to say you have a better trained eye than us for this stuff would be the biggest understatement in the history of understatements (laughs) but but i mean were you kind of getting the same sense we were early on that like we're creating you know I feel like a lot of chances were being created early on, just not necessarily converted. At what point did you sort of flip the switch and say, you know, enough is enough? And and at what point did it go from, okay, let's be patient, let's play this out? As if we keep creating the chances, one will come or more goals will come to a point where, okay, this isn't happening. We need to make some sort of change.
2: It's a fair question. I can't remember the date, but I can tell you roughly the time. It was when we, you know, I I think we'd, we'd had a chunk of games. Um, no it definitely was when we had a chunk of games we had more than we really could deal with um, so it was round about the time I had that scrimmage with the university team mm-hmm. um, I knew that was going to be a challenge anyway because I, I forget I think we'd had that game that unit game with the university was the sixth game in 18 days something like that and with the thin squad I mean we still didn't well, I think we only had about 19 blokes on the roster at that point yeah, mm-hmm. you know my bringing guys in to try and fill slots <clears throat> etc and and fair play to the lads up at the university you know well organized and knew what they're doing but we started well and then it 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 tailed off during the game and uh it like we're, we're just not a threat we're not a big enough threat and i and that was it i said you know, i've got to change some here it it's um, I think the youthfulness and the lack of experience was contributing to it, um, but they weren't getting older than a few hours and a few days very quick. The experience yeah. wasn't suddenly going to pop out of a box. Uh, <laughs> so it's like, you know, as, as the leader, I've got to I've got to come up with a solution and change something. So ultimately, it was a change in system where I wanted the second striker. I didn't think we could um, we could manage with a flat four. In a, in a regular four four two, a lot of people would argue that we kind of played that. Difference being that we, if, we, if you say four four two, we're more of a four four one one. You know, we didn't necessarily have two strikers playing in tandem. But uh, I wanted to retain that midfield three whilst getting a second striker because I didn't think we could just play with two. I didn't think there was a, a sort of number eight who could complement Aaron well enough. Um, you know. If I had a second Aaron, I think we probably could have could have coped with it and played the old-fashioned 4-4-2. Um, we did shift to a, a diamond on one occasion. Um, we didn't get the result we wanted, but we certainly become more of a threat. So, mm. uh, you know, there's a possibility there. Um, so, yeah, but long, long way around giving you just that, that short answer you're looking for, Jeremy, is around about that time with our chunk of games and we weren't getting enough goals it's like, no, we got to
1: do so. Yeah. Thinking about uh player personnel now yeah. beyond just the tactics, were there any uh, particular players who really were uh pleasant surprises for you, who, who exceeded expectations?
2: Um I, you know, I had high hopes for Derek. Um he started really well when he was in uh in oh what's it i keep forgetting the name jacksonville and mm. and went up to the championship and you know nice. floated around a little bit being a little quieter the last couple of years hadn't hadn't seen as much of the field as, as he had when he was first kicking off um I, I don't know that he exceeded expectation, but i thought he was tremendous i thought you know it was consistent a consistent threat and then when we changed the system You know, it made a little tougher on him to be more of a threat up the field, but the way he adjusted Mm -hmm. his knowledge of the game, um, I thought he was absolutely tremendous. Um, Aaron, I knew what... I I didn't know what Aaron can do, frankly. Seeing him play, I think Aaron was tremendous. Mm I had a a really solid season and got better. And one of the things, obviously, that you guys won't know that, of course, I do, is because I work with a kid every day, is this last month or so whilst we started again this this new momentum and drive, he's been a really big part in that. Become vocal in the dressing room, sharing ideas, you know, you know, for, for such a sort of big powerful fella, you see, he's, he's kind of a quiet, gentle giant somewhat, right? Yeah. Uh, but suddenly he found his voice in the dressing room. I think that's had an impact. I think that his personality is, he, he's very respectful, <clears throat> knows his place, as it were, but um, thankfully for all of us, not not only, you know, has he been doing it on the field. He started to take part in, in the conversation, the discussion, share his ideas in the dressing rooms, and I think that had a major impact as well. Uh, well, and a major positive impact for him, in terms of in my eyes. Um, again, I mean, this is about sharing stuff that you'll never know unless I tell you or people tell you. Because mm-hmm. at for one sure. point in the season, not too long ago, um, I thought I'm, I'm going to try and get him higher up the pitch. Um, but frankly it was like a fish out of water you know I was like well you know what I'm not going to screw with him I have put him in there he didn't like the, he didn't appear to like the look of it. it looked a little bit lost you know I was like why mess with something that's not broken you know so but that was purely me looking to get more more thrust on the front and even more thrust on the front end um, but it, it just wasn't working so you know I looked elsewhere I think um, these last Last few weeks, Jepsen stu- stepped up, yeah. um, and I think Audi's done really well. You know, you know the, co- the whole COVID thing all over the place, and uh, you know who you hang out with might have an impact on you, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, for us, because we were getting checked all the time, if there'd been anyone near or near anyone who who had come down with a virus, players had to quarantine. Yeah. So we had to deal with a lot of that stuff. Um, you know, Jepson missed with injury, um, all this kind of stuff that was going on, and you know, which for a lot of people doesn't impact you, but for a football team with, with 20 blokes, it can have a massive impact. So, um, but Audi through his injuries and that sort of stuff, um, you know, was up and down and up and down, but uh, it was <laughs> it was funny, he's, he's um. He's pretty blunt. He's a, he's a really nice, well-mannered kid, young man. But when he needs to be, he's got that SOB part about him, you know. <laughs> he found, that, found that little bit of edge in the games. And Connor, Connor Tobin, well, he's like, I think it was in Omaha. He says, you should have heard Audi on the field. He says, it was absolutely brilliant. Said, That's great, you know. So he, he's, as he yeah. got more confident in more minutes and his fitness started to grow, he got more confident started throwing his weight around a little bit, you know, and, and that's mm-hmm. you guys, if you've been anywhere near the, on the park is people don't know what the hell's going on on the park, unless you've been there before. Yeah. We yeah. It's not as nice as it looks.
1: <laughs> no, for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> doesn't look very nice very often either.
2: All right, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, hats off to Audi. Um, Phil, I think, you know, mm. Phil's had his detractors. But I think Phil has been. I've said it on other things. Phil's done great. I think Phil came in. Um, knew he was going to be challenged for the number one spot. We'd anticipate, and yep. having Chris coming in, um, Phil, you know, Phil and Phil hasn't been a regular starter. He's been a starter, and that's why we, we, you know, I put my hat on him. Um, but I think he grew tremendously. Some of the same. I mean, even at the end of the game there the other day. Absolutely Mm -hmm. tremendous. Um, -hmm. I I am um looking looking to get someone in with him um because Mm -hmm. I think he needs the competition. But uh, in terms of you know, I had Phil and Aiden. Um, Aiden, great shot stopper, tremendous work rate, lovely, lovely fella, pardon me. Um, but didn't have enough game experience so. You know, for some that say, well, all you got to do is keep the ball out of the net. Well, if your game management isn't quite right, then it doesn't matter. You can dive all over the place. It, it, just, it makes it tough, you know. You, it's mm-hmm. so a, a part of being a great goalkeeper is your game management, mm-hmm. and that comes through games. And unfortunately, I didn't think Eden was quite ready, um, although done great in training. And Phil grew and grew and grew, asked, constantly, asking yeah. questions. You know, making crucial saves. Um, and really grew as a player, started to manage his defence much better, be much more commanding. So I, I think uh, Phil definitely warrants a mention. Um and then let's be I mean Ryan Sierrakowski came in, done a great job for us.
0: What an right. addition. I Absolutely mean, man.
2: Yeah, you know, we were lucky to get him. Um not getting minutes in, in New England. And I tip my hat off to um Eric Wildey. One of my assistants, I said, Eric, get on the rosters, look for a striker who's not playing. <laughs> so, <laughs> go the oh, there's Sierrakowski in New England. I said, send me some video, let me know what you think. Send some to Neil. Send to me. Let's have a look at him. We had a look. I said, yep, that's the kind of guy we need. We got onto the agent. Rest is history. So, and and then, and and you know what? What a lovely fella. What an absolutely outstanding fella he is! Mm-hmm. Every morning, smile on his face. Um, you know, he didn't live too far from me. I'd yes. consider living back at home, and decided against it. Stayed here, but every single day, smile on his face, run his socks off like he has in games. Not a peep out of him. Uh, you know, you, you you come from the Gillette Stadium to our dressing rooms here. It's a little <laughs> bit, mm-hmm. you know. It's uh, but. Not a peep out of him. You know, we, yeah. we met with him this morning. He said, "I've loved every minute. I'm grateful for the opportunity. Um, I'm hoping that we can get him back next year. We'll see. I'm sure you get a lot of options. Um, <clears throat> but if if uh, you know if, if they if they don't work out for him, then we've told him we'd love to have him back here. So, it, you know, I mentioned early in the year. We want to be a club who gets great guys in here. Do We do great things. Then move them on and send them off in the sunset. You know, woo um, <laughs> there. Not quite there this year, but that's still the goal. I mean, uh-huh. it, it, I think if, particularly for young lads. If young lads are thinking this is it, then they probably haven't got the desire to... We, we'll not hire them, frankly. If this mm-hmm. is it for a young lad and he's not striving to get to a higher level, then um, he's probably not the guy for us. So, reality is, all well, we want to get good guys or good young fellows of that desire. But we got, we want, <laughs> we're here to win things, not just to mm-hmm. bloody be a, you know, uh, yeah. a form for, for someone else.
0: Speaking of a uh, Josiah possible... Striker, yeah. Sorry,
2: right, No, yeah. go ahead,
0: Jeremy. Yeah. <laughs> Josiah oh. and Stryker. Let's talk about this. Who brings the idea to the table? What's his reaction when he first hears about the idea? And then just your your thoughts on how, how the experiment went.
2: Well, I brought it to the table. Um, thought process was: well, we've got my center box and they're doing all right. I've got this big fella who one of the one of the things I was looking at, Jeremy, when we're not creating we're physically. Having a tough time. Mm -hmm. You know, um, again, with all due respect to Jake, Jake's great when he gets a bit of space and running and he can find passes, can hold the ball up and connect. But when you've got two big blokes hanging off your shoulders, it was tough for him. You know, so that was part of going to the second one. But also, I thought, you know, we get set pieces, we get corner kicks, we can play a little more direct. Whether he's he's great at it or not it, in that initial moment was it, it's not the issue. The issue is that he's an attraction, and he's going to distract or attract opponents to him, which hopefully we can get runners playing off. Of. Um, you know, so for four blokes like Jake, where you know get your side to hold it up, and Jake can be a third man runner. So that was the, the thought behind it. Um, in terms of success, I think he got four goals in how many games? Six or seven games or something yeah, like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's pretty bloody good to be honest with you. Yeah, and uh, you know there's certainly parts of his game that he in that position. I met with him this morning and I said, "What do? You, what's your best position? Uh, strike or a forward? Uh, striker or a centre back?" I wouldn't. I said, "What do you prefer?" Big smile on his face. Strike.
3: <laughs> Score. Score. <laughs>
2: of course he did, and then he runs up in front of the camera and gives it that. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> No, I, I think I think it worked. I think he's a little raw in that position right now. But I mean, you saw that goal in uh, in where was it? Um, Richmond. Oh my goodness! Mm-hmm. Yeah. But but what the what the camera missed in the commentator, if you were listening on, if you were watching, you probably were watching online. Um, he hit another one late in the game. Um, which went for a throw-in, but what you couldn't really see on the on the screen was it actually smashed it off the crossbar, and it went out for a throw-in at the far side. That's how hard he did. <laughs> but, um, You it. Know, I was like, Crimingham! and it's like, oh, It's like no, no, you, you smashed <laughs> the crossbar in half, and you missed <laughs> it <off." laughs>
1: We were we were we were talking about his. He had a a header off a corner, I think, that he hit oh, it straight broke. down. So yeah. hard that it went straight so yeah, into the ground and back up off the crossbar. Like we've yeah. never seen that, that before. In, that
2: like, was in the same game.
1: was it the same game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was
2: before we so, got hit. was it just, just a him? very
1: powerful man.
2: Yeah, I mean I think that, <laughs> that would have put us that was before he scored. So that was like mm-hmm. in the first or second minute. Yeah. yeah. Um no, and then uh I mean that he scored that one obviously against uh against Omaha, but then his second one. Oh my goodness, yeah. that was yeah. outstanding, you know, and with his left foot of all things as well, you know, right? So, mm. ball, chip mean, in was, oh my goodness, from that distance, that, that's was it lucky? I don't know, but that was pure class at that in the moment. There, just well, a little header across the top, outstanding, absolutely loved that one. It was so such I think it was a good, I think it was Jeremy, it was good, you know, it was a gamble. um <laughs> But you gotta, you gotta take, you know, you got a hand, you gotta deck a cards, you gotta de- play the bloody things, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I take, I've taken risks in my life, um, and and as a coach, you've got to be willing to to think a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. So that was a moment which, you know, I've got to think differently. you have got this guy here who's getting paid, and he's sitting there on his backside doing nothing. I need to get him in the team because with those physical attributes, it can help us. And fair play to the kid. I mean, yeah, even from, from day one when I suggested it, couldn't hit a cow's ass with a shovel. But then the next time, there he was <laughs> boom, boom, shots, side volleys, the lot in three and a day. Way you go, son! And also, he totally bought into it. it was tremendous, absolutely tremendous.
1: Well, and that and Good. that chip goal, not only with his left foot with some skill, but just the, that instinct, you know, like oh, he, he's thinking like a striker in that
3: absolutely. moment.
2: You know, it's like I think everyone, when they were a kid, were a striker or fancied themselves. Sure, so I played this when I was a young and like, yep. Mm-hmm. And you were that good, you were a centre half. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, speaking of uh, going back to what we are talking about a little bit ago with some uh, with some guys riding off into the sunset, um, we talked a little bit about this after the game, but Connor Tobin. Looked pretty emotional at the end of that match, uh, and understanding he's, there's not been a decision or an announcement yeah. at this point. But can you just talk a little bit about him and what he's meant not only to this club, but you've known him for a long time and you know yeah. his impact in the lower level soccer in yeah. this country. Can you what what, what is what has he meant to this club and to this sport?
2: You know, I, I don't know that there's anyone like him in this lower level of football in terms. Well, probably no one like him in the game in this country in that regard. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. I know he has he has uh part work partners in the union. Um, but the fact that Connor hasn't really been a high earner um throughout his career. He's had his head down, he's grounded out, he's fighting for other people to get a better deal. Um that's relatively easy if you're sitting on a pot of money and you've got loads of time and that sort of thing. This is mm-hmm. a kid who hasn't been earning massive wages. Um but is desperate to give back to the game in other ways than, than just being on the park, you know. And big hats off to him and the group for for securing that that um, players deal, you know, contract, the first union contract for for the championship, and that will hopefully filter down into into League One. But I think he's he's understanding of what football is for most people, or particularly people in communities such as ours. Um, I think it's no coincidence the big cities have the big teams because you know they've got the infrastructure, there's money attracted there, the, the population can, can support big crowds, et cetera, et cetera. But I think there's there's massive space there's a massive space, and particularly in the United States, for for teams at the level we play at, at. at you know, level of investment, size of the community, et cetera, et cetera. And and what I I know Connor believes in is that community spirit. The two of us share that. To to actually embrace the community, to make us an integrable part of of what goes on with the community and a focal point. And and I think, you know, the work... I don't even know half the stuff that he's done here because he's been here two years prior to I got here. But I I just see him out there, see him Saturday night, um, brokenhearted, because it might be his last time a lot of it's down to him, but at the same time I think it, it's it's a genuine um felt felt it felt love for for the community here, um, for the people he works with and you know, and at his age, <laughs> the kid is banged up uh, from playing all these years, you know. Who knows? Mm-hmm. You know, I know he needs a few surgeries. It's kinda of down to him to decide when he does it. So I think the 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 emotion of it being the last one. Um, last game of the season at home. Um, He's not daft, as you well know. um, But I think at his age and his physical state, there's always going to be those questions. And, you know, I I, I think like the week before, um, we'd had a little bit of chat at the game when we we lost at the end of it. And I'd said, well, that's the end, you know, it's the end. Meaning it's the end of, of our playoff Prospects and Connor was no, no. We've got another game next week, and etc., etc., etc. You know, I said, I get that. Um, and as I explained it to him, I said, Look, I want these lads to hurt in this moment. I want them to feel that this bloody sucks to be here. Yeah. I want them to understand what you guys bring. I want them to absorb the the disc. You know, you guys, the passion you bring to us, but the discomfort. And the downright pain of losing. Because that, that only happens. It can only happen once. You know, mm. sometimes it never happens in the air And that's the greatest moment, which is when you win the bloody championship. But if you if there's only one team wins the championship. So I think there's moments like that where you've got to accept look, these are these are you gotta buy these moments. You've got to recognise when they're there and you got to you've got to suffer through it because that or those times, or the memories, which say, "I hated that moment. I hate feeling like that. And I'm never. Go- I'm going to do my best to never feel like that again." Um, and and I think for Connor's moment Saturday night, it's not that this is over forever, but it's definitely the end of something. And it's it's up to him, I suppose, to figure out whether he's going to restart in football or decide to call it a day. But regardless. The amount of time and effort he puts in, and the amount of love and gratitude you guys show him, I think that, that's as a passionate man and not scared to show it. So I think that that's what you saw.
0: We saw a few uh, players who had been bright spots for the Mingos sort of, uh, you know, I wouldn't say fade away, but yeah. definitely slide a little bit more under the radar this season. Uh, Michael Vang, obviously being being one that comes to mind. Yeah, uh, Jake Keegan over the course of the year kind of took more of a yeah. backseat role. Um, yeah. Were there were there injuries, or did did other players just step up? You know, just talked a little bit about maybe those two situations specifically with both yeah. Michael and Jake.
2: Yeah, I, I think. Um... Michael had a hard time from from the start. Um, you know, expectations were sky high, and I respected yeah. that. Um, went to preseason; didn't necessarily go great for him in preseason with Chicago. Came back injured, um, injured, and a little frustrated. Um, we got him in; finally got him fit. You know, injury form dips, injury form dips, um, yeah. ankle injury fixes that one, does the other one. So lots of that. And I think um, I think, from my perspective, um, when you're young, it's tough to accept that you've got to bust your nuts every single day in training. You've got to <laughs> first of all get to the level and you've got to kill yourself every day because everyone else is is hopefully doing the same. You've got to fight for it. Um, I think the ups and downs are tough for Michael. And, and given how he'd been lauded in the past possibly thought that he could just walk into the team. Um, Mm. I don't doubt his, his talent, um, of which he certainly got, not just by, you know, no one gave him that talent. You know, he's got his physical attributes and you could say he's got God given talent. He worked hard to get to where he was at. And I think that's what some, at times young players forget. What was it I did to get me here into this great position? And that is that it, maybe you didn't realize you are working hard and bust your nuts because you are having great fun, but mm. you're working hard and busting your nuts. Right. Absolutely. Sometimes it's like in a situation like this where you've got everyone doing the same thing, you might not be top of the tree and it, and it's maybe a little loss of focus in terms of what do I need to do to get back to where I was. Um, He'll have his own reasons as to why he didn't. I'm sure I'm part of that, (laughs) you know, which is, it's, it's that's how it is. I ultimately pick the team, right? And players Mm -hmm. will think of me what they think of me. Some might like me, some might hate me. My reality is, you know what, if you're killing it every day and busting your nuts, at least you can walk away and say, you know what, I give it me all. Um, They don't decide who plays, I decide who plays. How I decide who plays based on my perception in terms of what they're putting out there on a daily basis, um, and sometimes the lads are not putting it out there on a daily basis, you know. Sometimes they're great. Sometimes they off have an off day, and this is perfectly normal for young guys. But my my biggest challenge is we had a lot of young guys in that dressing room this year, and 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 it's easy to feel sorry for yourself. Um, but I can't afford that. I need a I need guys who are ready and ready to go right now. And uh, sometimes I didn't quite feel Michael was up to that, in that moment, but he's an undoubted talent. Um, I think hopefully he can learn from this experience and, you know, we didn't have an option on him. So he knew he was kind of moving on this year anyway. Um, I don't know how much that um, sort of influenced his own, his own thinking or behavior or whatever it was, you know, but um, I certainly wish him all the best. I think he's definitely got talent, but, you know, we've all been in bars and heard people who were great and, you know, I'm more talented and never made it. Um, it's, it's something about you gotta go realize it. You know, you've you've worked hard to get there. It's, no one's giving you anything in this game. You gotta earn everything, you know. So, well, even if, if you've gotta have great seasons, you've got to be consistent, you've got to get it done in training. And in particular in a league like ours, which is at times very gritty, you gotta run, you gotta run, and then you gotta run some more. And uh If you can do that then i think you'll get the looks elsewhere and you can match that with your talent you can be successful certainly um with jake i think you know it was interesting i had conversations with jake and i said jake yeah you know as we change to a five or a two strikers he's getting in great positions um in the outside left position but not in great goal scoring positions and uh, try to encourage my inside, you know, our inside forwards to make those inside out runs, and Jake to hold more central positions. And he did great as a setup player for us, but just not getting into the scoring positions often enough. And um, you know, a massive amount. I've got a massive amount of respect for him and his ability and understanding, etc. But as we started to open up our game a bit more and be a bit more direct, um, I thought Josiah was having a bit more of an influence and able to, you know, as we were playing from back to front a bit quicker, um, Josiah's physicality, although he wasn't great. Um, I don't want to put the guy down because he he did great. You know, he wasn't, wasn't a perfect example. But just because of his bulk and his physicality, he attracted mm. the opponents and was better able to hold the ball up for us so he could get bodies forward and then beyond. So I didn't think it quite suited Jake. And the fact that Josiah's causing a major nuisance and putting the ball in the back of the net, you know, and Ryan's tearing all over the place. It's not necessarily what Jake's not doing. It's what the other guys are doing. Yeah. Um, and, and that was the reason why they were getting the nod and Jake was having a tough time getting at the end there.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> fans, supporters, yeah, love a team with grit and resolve and resiliency, sometimes even more than teams with talent, right? right. You want to see the heart and the, yeah. uh, and you certainly showed that. Your team certainly showed that at the end of the season here, you know, mm-hmm. backs against the wall. And even after you're eliminated, you get, you're beating the big, the, the top clubs yeah. uh, with a lot of resolve and a lot of uh, resilience. So how, how do you, you talked a little bit about Aaron Malloy and his his role in that. How, how do you as a manager instill that, or how were you able to instill that to really to send uh, this team to the off-season on a high note like
2: that? I think um, one of the things that, I mean, prior to coming into this job, um, I worked in coach education with the Federation. You know, I've studied psychology and all that kind of stuff. So it's a little bit of sort of psychology, a little bit of, of, of just actually teaching in a fashion where um, – you know Where I'm actually saying to the players, what do you see? What do you... Hang on, let me cut to the chase here. I did an activity with them where I said put them into groups. Um, this was one, one of the things. Put them into groups. Watch the video. What needs to be done or what could be done better? And who are the players who need to do what better? So groups of three, there's the video, a bunch of different scenario, away you go, show me. And they were skirting, they were, they were coming up with solutions and suggestions as to how to solve these problems. And it was goals we were conceding. You probably remember, we kept conceding goals to the far post on our left, um, opponents right, or left. So it was like, enough's enough. We keep talking about this stuff and we we address it. I'm going to throw them at the deep end. What do you see? What needs to happen? And more specifically, who needs to do what? Because I think this, with the young lads and the way society is right now, it, it's probably easier to piss and moan and get in your little group rather than saying, hey, Carl, I think you need to pull your socks up a bit, mate, and you need to get closer to that defender. Or go and kick that so-and-so. Or, hey, Carl, you need to work your socks. Get yourself back here. In the old days, that was never an issue, right? Now people seem to be a bit more sensitive and saying, well, oh, I'll go and have a little little hissy fit in the corner. I'll have a little bitch session in the corner, which I might get it off my chest, but it's not actually doing any good, right? So the reality was I create this uncomfortable situation where I'm telling you, you've got to call people out here, by the way, because if you're not willing to do it, how the hell do we ever get things done here? Mm-hmm. Um, and and that, I think, had a massive impact because not only that, it's like, you know what? It's okay to admit it's okay to admit you make mistakes. It's absolutely mm. essential that when you're in the heat of the battle, you can rely on your mates. And if you're in the... On me, I don't know who this is going out to, I'll, so I'll check my language. If you're in the crap <laughs> and you've got mates around, you need people to get get out, you've got to tell them, right? So this is a reality. It's like, hey, I might need you, beep, 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 get your so-and-so back here, right? And that... That I think was a bit of a revelation, yep. um, because it's like the reason why I don't, don't didn't do that early on. You can I can turn the air pretty toxic, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's it's about being accountable to one another. It's not just me who's going to take the crap if we give people. But it's easy to blame the coach. The reality is, yeah, I can wiggle it and do all this kind of stuff and change formations. And be nice, or shout at them, or whatever. Half time, they're out there fighting the battle. They're, they I'm trying to orchestrate it, yes, but it's their actions that are going to win it. So it now comes down to this notion. Well, and this is my style. And some of them, I think, found it a little, a little tough. Um, my style is very much to give a, give a, um, provide a roadmap, if you will, provide guidelines. This is what we're looking to do. This is how we want to break them down. Go be a footballer, show me what you've got. So we'll work through things and train, and I'll give them suggestions. You know, here's some solutions to the problems. But I also want you to be a footballer. I kind of tell you everything in the moment. You're the one, and I think for some of them, because you know, in in let's say for for instance baseball, right? It's a highly skilled game. It, it's a, it's an A to B game. Boom, 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 boom. It's pretty raw. You know, basketball shooters, I throw the ball in there. You know, they might have the fans on in the stadium, the, the crowd temperature, etc. It impacts it somewhat, but it's it's me today. So, so you know, the other part of the game is not like that. But for us, it's about decision making all the time. Um, so, if if I teach, if I wrote, or teach them in a road type fashion, then I'm going to get that that straight line thinking, and I cannot afford that. But there are you could argue that's a faster route to success relative success, but it doesn't help create better footballers. Proven. Better footballers have to train in the environment of, not just footballers. If you're going to be a professional guitarist, get in front of the lights, get a crowd in front of you, play when the lights are knocking your, your strings out of tune, play under the sweat, play under the heat, practice in the environment as best you can that you're going to go do your thing in. Right, yep. So we've got to try and recreate football and you heard me as we, earlier on the, uh, you know, the, the philosophy is is we want to create fractals of the game, right? So we want to recreate pretty much smaller versions of what we do in the game. Um, in this part of the field with these players in these situations, there you go. Um, big ones, small ones, you know, medium-sized ones. Side, middle, back, front, all that kind of stuff different forms of, but fractals of the 11-a-side version. And in it, it, that sort of, um, I think, freedom, like, we don't go running around shooting people because, not just because it's against the law, it's because it's not who we are, right? So mm. in football, you you do your thing. We, we recreate the society. You do the things. I teach you. I give you the freedom. You do the right things in the right times because it's who you are. So I recreate the environment we want to create. I hope to, at least. Um, you go out, these are, this is a situation, go solve it. It's, 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 I think, I would hope to think and like to think that the environment we create is where you can't screw up, particularly in training. I mean, you you don't often see me stand on the side barking at individuals, berating them for not doing this, that and the other. Occasionally I do, yes, but not often. And, and it's because I want to create an environment where you can fail, and hopefully the failures, there's more failures on training than there is, um, you know, on the game on Saturday, Saturday night. So that is my goal to achieve that, or to create that environment. But I, I think that's pretty scary for a lot of people. Who oh, I'm just supposed to go and play football? <laughs> <laughs> Hang on a minute. Well, no, no, you're not just supposed to go play football. I've given you the guidelines and how you fit with the others. But, yeah, go play football. And I, I don't know. <laughs> i shared the story. You might have seen us there with me little dog. Um, the first time I brought him in, I, I brought him in. He sat right next to me whilst I was doing my team talk. And I didn't notice him. I just know he's there. And the players were like, dog never budged once when you were talking. Just sat there we in. You know, <laughs> I take him for a walk and this kind of thing and it's like he's a rescue dog you know and people say how well trained he is he says, he's not trained I just let him off the leash when I can first he go running off and I think oh bloody hell what have I done next thing I know no, done <laughs> you, know, you, you treat him well you know <laughs> safe feet and then no I take him for a walk he run in the bushes give him a little whistle here he is he comes straight back you know half the time he runs up the road he turns, he turns around look come on dad where are you <laughs> you know, so I said I said to the lads, it's this is this is my life philosophy. Same with my son, right? It's uh, go on son, be be smart, be sensible, make the right choices, and then you know, and then you'll be good. So I, I have that same philosophy with, you know, like I said, with my dog, with my son, and with the footballers. Yeah. You know, I think when you when you get put your trust in them, um and, and say, go on, then you're gonna get the best. But I think it can be a little scary at times for some of them. Um Next time, hopefully, they know better, and and it's like, whoa, "Well, yeah, I can go out and really do what I need to do."
1: Carl, I think our autobiography of football has to be called "The Fractals of the Game." <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's a good phrase. I like <laughs> it. I uh, also, Carl, to your point about uh, you know wanting to maybe not you know let too many four-letter words fly. Yeah. Uh, I think I've heard the phrase busting your nuts more yeah. times in this interview than I have uh you know, <laughs> my, my prior life before this. So I think we're past censorship at this point. But anyway, I didn't know that was a bad one. <laughs> no, no, no,
2: it was we Brits, we don't know what my swearing.
0: <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. I love it. We'll put the we'll put the uh the explicit tag on this episode. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Um, so we put out some feelers for questions on social media every now and then. Yeah. Don't normally get too many responses, but we got we got a couple, yeah, obviously for this one. Um, and uh Patrick Patrick C came in with a question that was kind of on uh Robin's mind too, in terms of this team's record against the top teams in the league it was mm-hmm. pretty good. I mean, you guys yeah. beat Absolutely. Omaha twice. Uh, beat Chattanooga at the end of the season. You guys played Greenville really, really well and competitive each time you played twice. Yeah. yeah, yeah. How you know? And but you know, you you have the results against some of the the bottom tier mid table teams in the league that that weren't so great. So mm-hmm. what what do you what do you chalk it up to in terms of playing so well against the top teams, but maybe not necessarily the ones that on paper you were supposed to yeah. beat? Uh
2: I mean frankly, Jeremy at the start I don't know who we're supposed to beat in all honesty um mm. you know we start with a with a clean slate I think we surprised an you know, awful lot of the teams out there we got some really really good positive comp- compliments from other teams coaches um early on and and I think uh, we started to see a lot of the things we were doing early on in in their teams in their games you know like say so, when we played New England I was playing with a new uh, with kind of an inverted right back, which was Christian Pato, Pato Diaz. Mm-hmm. And then we started to see New England do it later on with their left back. Um, so little bits that we started to see other teams doing, uh, that we were doing, you know, so I had very complimentary. Um, but, but to your point, I don't know. I think there was times where I think we only got shafted once. That was off Texas. Mm-hmm. We lost 2 0 at home to New England and we absolutely battered them. Um, we got done off the refs a couple of times and we done ourselves a couple of times. So I think, in all honesty, um, here's another little insight that you probably don't want. You would never know unless I tell you. It's like we sit in our dress room at 110 degrees before the game and I I, I start looking and just thinking, it's no wonder we're bloody dying at the end of the game. Look, 12 minutes extra time when it's only one 0 is frankly taking the bleeding mick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my god. It wasn't even a big fight or World War Three breaking out. But um <laughs> no little things like that, like oh, and and I'm not putting the blame on anyone, but we're sitting in the dressing room and it's boiling hot both mm-hmm. before the game, and, and I think it's little things like that. You say, Well, how's how's that impacting us? But you only think of it afterwards, right? Taking mm-hmm. like the moment. This is our dressing room, and this is how it is. And then it's like, please, I mean, I will go in there like, I've got to stay <laughs> out here, and then I, have to, I have to wear long pants. That's the league rule. You got to wear long pants and a shirt and all oh, that man. stuff. yeah I I'm, like, "I'm dying here!" And then there's <laughs> a lad sitting in there, you know. So, but but frankly, Jeremy, I think it was you know we just mind thoughts at the end of games or culmination of mind thoughts. Um, poor refereeing and fatigue. Yeah. Um, because we were close against, I mean, the, even I don't know, the Texas game, they scored early, but we went yeah. up one end. I thought we should, you know, we got a foul, we should have had it. We went it, then we could have been two-one up at half time, and mm-hmm. then they they ended up winning it four-nil. Jake gets one back, he hits the ball, we miss a sitter. We could have and chances, good, good chances. We could have even and won that one. Yeah. So yeah. apart from you know the result looked way worse, and we were we were terrible down our right side. We got lit up, in fair mm-hmm. play to Texas, but um, no, I, I, I don't think there's. We were just, we're nearly. We're, to your point, I, I I spoke to a player at. Um, I was just Mitch Curry, the guy down in, in um, Fort Lauderdale. Mm-hmm. Um, he's from my neck of the woods at home, and we're just chatting, chatting on the telephone. And uh, it, it's, uh, it's like, how the heck you guys didn't, didn't make the playoffs? Everyone's asking how. I said, "It's your fault. You've, beep, beep, beep Steve, <laughs> cost us twice. <laughs> <laughs> he scored. We were beating them twice, and he scored the bloody equalizers. <laughs>
3: Man, but, that's,
1: uh, that's really fascinating, though. Well, first of all, I got to say that that question that, that came from Patrick C, and the C stands for chapel. That's okay. my kid. That wasn't the social yeah. media question. That was my kid
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> telling me that I had to ask you that. Um, but I mean, it's the
2: fair. Um, it is fair. I think you know, we, we had chances to go put it away, we didn't. And then when you're at 1-0, I mean, you're casting a yeah. your great at this under Rafa Pedinas, right. stay in the game, and some you might get something at the end. We're leaving. We're keeping teams in it, having dominated possession, and not being not taking our chances. I I would, I said it to someone. It was probably, um, I'm not sure it was. I think maybe the ESPN guy. And I said, you know what, if I was playing against us, the way we were when we we're getting all those draws, I'd say to me team, you know what, stay in the game, stay in the game, because at some point they'll probably crack. And yes. and that's honesty from me to you. Yep. I said that. I said because I realised that. So then I said, "Oh, guys, we got to take, we got to finish it when we can," you know. And, mm-hmm. and we didn't then. Um, you know, I think that game against Richmond recently—pure honesty, you know—bad yeah. defending by us, but we had to go for the win, and we right. let a guard down, and the rest is history. But mm-hmm. yeah, no problem with the question at all.
1: But that's uh, that's really fascinating, though, that the rest of the league knows that in reality, from a, just a pure talent perspective you guys are in the top half yeah right yeah. that's pretty fascinating to know
2: yeah i mean because uh, again the new england games we, we lose twice one nil their yeah. their technical director um was over the moon with them he, come, he came to me after he said love the way you play love the spirit our guys need football like that um you know so people know that we can get stuff done um and if we battered them, we just couldn't put the bloody thing away. Remember, Josiah had a chance right at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we let up a crappy goal with a, well, bad goal to concede. Fair play to the guy. Diving header and re- kid got on the rebound. Um, mm. So, so you know, the second one, a speculative cross and we didn't defend it. Fair play to the guy, Renick who scores a goal again. But beyond that, we're banging away and we're dominating possession and putting them under real pressure. We're oh, just not cracking it. You know, and yeah. so yeah, a couple I mean, either a couple of guys stepping up or a couple of little pieces missing. But yeah, I mean we're pretty close. The sad reality is though, um, we end up finishing ninth. Um, yes, we're very competitive. No one's had an easy time. Not once that I went out and said, let's let's sit back a bit and let's play for a draw. Every single game we went out there to mm-hmm. go get it done in the vast majority even of the draw games. <laughs> We were in a leading position and just didn't manage to pull it off. But, mm-hmm. yeah, but the reality is um, we've got to do better. We we're, were decent, uh, very, very competitive, but just not good enough. The goal is to get the playoffs and better. We didn't achieve it, so I, I'm frankly pretty disappointed. Realist, of course, but the goal was at least the playoffs.
0: Yeah. Carl, we really do appreciate the time. Uh, I have one more question for you. And this is, I think you're probably your third time uh being interviewed by me. So you always know that the last question is the most important. Um, <laughs> were you on a mission to be the best dress coach in USL League One, or did that just happen organically? I don't I don't think I was actually.
2: <laughs> I think i how great I was <laughs>
0: That's fair. That's uh, fair. It was highly competitive, though. Two horse race for sure.
2: There you go. Yep. I think uh, he had to up his game early on. Um, <laughs> I, I'm not allowed to wear. In all honesty, I've I've put too much weight on this year. I came out of COVID, <laughs> hurt me hip. You um, me both, buddy. I got a I got a wardrobe full of gear that I cannot wear because my belly's too fat. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I actually um, I went for the golf slack. Towards the end of the year, because of the last go. waistband. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta love it. Smart. Oh, man. <laughs>
0: Thank you so much, Carl. We appreciate you giving us all this time.
2: You're welcome, gentlemen. Anytime. Thank you very much. Appreciate you.
0: Carl right. Craig, manager of Ford Madison FC, wrapping up this season of Talk and Flock. Thank you all for listening. We appreciate it. And uh, we'll be back with some bonus episodes in the offseason. Maybe have Carl back one or two times. It's always a good chat. Uh, thank you everybody we appreciate it and have a great winter as uh we'll be back in the off season for a few episodes and of course next season as uh you know we're what i think probably six months away from from uh the next yeah. season getting started so strapping It's gonna be fun see you guys